0: You are listening to the pursuit of manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. For more information about the pursuit of manliness or find out about the herd, make sure you visit the pursuit God, thanks for Jason. Thank you for the gift of technology to allow us to connect in this manner. I thank you for this book that we're going to discuss. And this book is built on, um, what your son, Jesus taught us. And, uh, there's so many parables of sower and seeds plant and just different things like that. God, it's just it, it just permeates scripture and I pray for the men that will listen to this. I know there's some men right now that feel like there is no there is no harvest, there is no fruit in their life, and maybe maybe this will be a strong conviction of, of what that looks like, how we kind of get into this uh this principle. I, I, pr- I pray for those who maybe they're they're just struggling relationally, and maybe may what we're going to talk about today might be something that will move the needle towards them finding community or or befriending someone or joining a small group or whatever that looks like. Uh, God, at the end of the day, I pray that you get the glory, and we thank you for Jesus. It's his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, men, at this time, I want to welcome Jason Alcott to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. Jason, thanks for being on the show. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. I've been looking forward to this. One thing I like is before we hit record, I get a chance to get to know you guys a little bit and um, hear your story. And you said you're doing excellent today as we started this off. So I thought we talked about raise the standard. I felt like I had to raise the standard on how I was doing, but (laughs) I'm going to get out of the way. Why don't you just uh, take a moment, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and we'll get into this book.
1: Yeah, no, again, thanks so much for the opportunity. I'm so excited about what you're doing here with the pursuit of manliness, the community that you're building, to, to, to encourage men in the pursuit of, you know, in the pursuit of Christ in their life. It's I just, it really lines up with a lot of what I talk about. But anytime that men are being encouraged in that direction, I get really excited because I think we need that encouragement. Um, so yeah, my name is Jason Alcott. I am uh, 41 years young. I live just outside of Vancouver, BC and uh, grew up kind of in the area, born and raised and been married just coming up on seven years to my wife. And I've got three girls that are all under the age of five. So I have a five-year-old, I got an almost four-year-old, and I got a six-month-old baby girl. So life is is fun and uh, and fast and furious and lots of learning opportunities. Um, and I wrote a, wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Sewing Principle that came out last year. It's almost been a year now. It's been out. And, and that uh, was just something that I'd always wanted to do, always been on my heart. And one of those ones where I woke up a number handful of years ago, and I was like, "Well, this book's never going to write itself." And uh, so it's kind of like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna have to sit down, and, and I'm not gonna get any less busy now with three girls, right? Like life's not gonna slow down. So so I wrote a book a couple of years ago, and and that came out last year, and it's just been a really exciting exciting journey. I still work full time. I work with a, a construction firm uh, as a as an operations manager, general manager. I run a team of uh, serve a team of about thirty five people, great people um, that I enjoy serving every day. Um, and so the book and speaking and YouTube and all that kind of stuff is, is sort of on the side and and comes together, but it's really where my passion is, where my heart is. So.
0: First of all, I, I have, I had two daughters that I still have two daughters, but $2 that age. So you got three, God bless you. Uh, that's that uh, pray for Jason. Uh, David, what a blessing yes, they pray. are. What a blessing <laughs> oh, though, really. Uh, now besides the Canucks, what's the best thing about living in Vancouver? The
1: best thing about living in Vancouver is We live right on the ocean and I'm surrounded by mountains. And so my wife is definitely more outdoorsy than I am. But like, if you want to get out, like we've got everything at your back door. You can go from skiing to kayaking in the same day, uh, you know, no problem. It's just, it's just a beautiful city uh, to live in. I feel incredibly blessed to, uh, to live here. Every time I go travel and I I enjoy traveling and experiencing the world, but every time I fly home, I'm like, wow, this it's, it's, it's beautiful here. So it is really beautiful spot to
0: live. I really don't know anything about Vancouver except Alone was filmed there at least a couple times, and I want no oh, part yeah. of Vancouver Island. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but I do love Alone. Uh, okay, so you wrote this book, the The Sewing Principle. What you said, this book isn't going to write itself. So obviously, you had a strong conviction, a discontent of some sort that I had to communicate something. How did you get to that point to say, okay, there, this is something I need to put pen to paper, and eventually get this in the hands of other people.
1: Yeah, so I've recognized, I grew up in a home that was very focused on personal development, personal growth. That was kind of how I grew up. Um, and there's this this concept out there, or there's a book called The Slight Edge by a gentleman by the name of Jeff Olson, and another book called The Compound Effect uh, by a gentleman by the name of Darren Hardy. And they're both excellent books about the importance of what it is that we do daily and how that sort of compounds in our life. And I recognized that there was something there, but their books are, are very much focused um, on sort of your financial success, maybe career success, but I had experienced um, growth in my relationship with Christ through these concepts. I had experienced growth in my relationships in my family. And and it was, so it's, it's such a, you know, sowing and reaping is right out of the Bible, right? I mean, this is a, this impacts every area of our life. And I think that I, what I wanted to do with the book was I wanted to take some of what I'd learned around it, and apply it into the growth in my spiritual life, not just my spiritual life, but all parts of my life. But I felt like it wasn't really always being talked about in how it affects our spiritual life, like the importance of, of reading your Bible every day. And not just because you're checking the box, but because you're sowing into that relationship with Christ and how that builds relationship, right? And how that grows over time. And so I really felt this conviction that this was an idea that I wanted to provide some language around so that we could talk about it a little bit more, because then we can talk about things that maybe we don't haven't put language to before. All of a sudden, they become more real in our life, and we can think about them from a different perspective. We can we can look at this differently, and it's not you know well. Are you reading your Bible every day? And you don't need to feel guilt because you are or aren't doing that. But I want you to read your Bible every day because I know what's possible through the relationship that you have with Christ and how that can grow when you allow Him to speak into your life. So if you miss a day. I'm not worried about it, <laughs> right? He's not worried about it, but he wants you to pick it back up the next day. And I really wanted to be able to share that with people and wanted to be able to get that message out there.
0: So can you what is the sewing principle?
1: The sewing principle is is that our life today is made up of the collection of choices and decisions that we've made up until this point. Um, and that we're always sewing. So in each moment of every day, we are always sowing something. We're sowing our time. We're sowing our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And I think that it's possible for us to forget that. We think that, oh, if I do this today, it doesn't actually have any impact down the road. But you and I know I'm 41 now. I I can't remember how young you said you were, but you're in your 40s, I think you said on the recent podcast you're starting to recognize and you have recognized for a couple of years that there are things that we have done over the last 20 years of our life when we were younger men that are impacting the way that our life is today. Very much so, right? Uh, whether it be in our finances, whether it be in our relationship with our wife, relationship with our kids, uh, our health, our physical health is, is a big one. Like we really start to see that stuff as we head into our 40s. You know, how how the decisions that I made through my 20s and 30s impacted my health today. Um, and so that that's kind of the, the big ones.
0: You know, I, I'm 47. I joke that I'm in my prime, but in some ways, you are. Because while I believe I have less time ahead of me than I have behind me, who knows what will happen? Sure. Um, it's a different perspective. You know, I know physically when I try to do things, boy, I'm exhausted. And it hurts a couple of days later, and I, my eyes are fading. I got readers over here, but at the end of the day, when you have perspective, and it it, it changes things. So we'll say, you know, growth takes months; sin takes moments. Right. So when you're talking about sowing principle, this is something you have to look far down the road, right? You don't plant a garden in six days. It has to be something that takes that's cultivated. So how do we cultivate our spiritual life to make sure what we are planting, we're expecting a harvest down the road?
1: That's a great question. And I think I want to just touch on one thing that really resonated with a lot of people in the book when I wrote about it is that living a life, sowing into what God's calling you to do. So I believe that, you know, every one of us has been here and put here for a purpose. I believe God has a purpose for your life. I believe your first purpose is to go and discover it. And that takes time. Um, But sowing into God's purpose is a part of God's bigger story. So when he's calling us to sow into whatever it is that he's called to just sow into the gifts and things like that. And one of the things I wrote in the book that really seems to be resonating with people is that there is a very strong possibility that what you are sowing, you actually won't see a harvest for in your lifetime. And when we're, cause when we think of our our life in as a part of God's bigger story, right? The bigger story that he's writing for all of humanity. He may be asking us to sow into starting a church or a ministry or something like that. And we may never see the fruit of that harvest. It may impact generations down the road. Uh, There was a church that my wife and I were a part of for many years. My wife was was a youth pastor, sorry, a children's ministry pastor there. And the church was started, I think, over 60 years ago by two ladies that started a Sunday school in a single room building, you know. And, and now the church, that particular church in our Lower Mainland, it's, it's, got, it's a very large church. It gives well over a million dollars a year to missions and has all this global impact and reach. I guarantee that they had no concept <laughs> when they started this Sunday school in this single room, you know, 60 or some odd years ago, that this is what that church was going to grow into. But they were faithful in what God called them to do. And I want to live my life. Am I being faithful in what God's calling me to do and not always going, okay, so I did this, you know, I did my workout. So do I have my 30-day abs? Like, that's not, that's so prevalent in our society today. You know, I put in X and where's my, where's my return. Right. But I think that when you're living in God's purpose for your life, it's, it's much more about, am I living out what God's asking me to do? Because that, that in and of itself is the harvest. I'm walking in the direction of the purpose that God's calling you to.
0: Yeah. The sowing principle is not a downloadable PDF. You can't get it and microwave it. And my wife loves to plant trees. I hate it. She loves plant trees. And I'm thinking we're planting trees that will produce shade that we're probably never going to get. Somebody totally. someday will own this house or it'll burn down. Whatever. hope it doesn't burn down because I just recorded I that. Too. But uh, somehow somebody will not will live here. Won't be me. And they're probably going to get shade from trees that we're. And that's what the spiritual life is. That's what the Christian life is, that it's not about me. It's not about yeah. you. It's it's about those three little girls you're talking about. It's about their future spouse. It's about their future in-laws. It's about their, you know, so you're doing things now. That are going to reap. A, I mean, someday, Jason, I think you're going to sit in your uh, kid's house with your grandkids and say, "This is why we stayed married. This is why we did the things we did." Because you're going to reap those benefits today. You'll have less money and less sleep right now, but it'll be worth it, you know, down the road. What do you tell a guy? What do you tell a guy who's who's not Christian, who just you know, some, one of his friends shared this episode? They know you, know me, whatever, and they go, ah, "I don't believe in that God stuff." What about this principle for them? See, that's the thing. Like the principle is there and it's working, whether you like it or not,
1: and whether you believe in Jesus or not, the the impact of the choices and decisions and how you sow your time on a daily basis is affecting your life, whether you have a relationship with Jesus Christ or not. And it's going to affect your life, your kid's life. So my, you know, my response to somebody that doesn't know Jesus, I, you know, totally respect your decisions. I'm excited for the opportunity and that God's going to make in your life. But can you sew into the relationships that you have right now with your wife, with your kids? Can you be sewing into, you know, looking at your work a little bit differently instead of complaining about it all the time? Can you look at the blessing that it is in your life because it feeds your family? I think that the sewing principle can impact, it's happening whether you want it to or not. So being aware of it, is going to just make you a little bit more equipped to walk into the next day to put the next foot forward so that you can sit down, you know, however many years from now, 20, 30 years from now, when I finally let my daughters date, um, you know, when they're 30 years old and, and, you know, sit with grandkids and be recognized that you did the right thing that you sowed the right seeds, or at least you made some of the right decisions on enough of a consistent basis to bring you to this point, um, you know,
0: where you're experiencing that part of your life. And that's hard because I have an old, uh, my oldest daughter is dating right now, and he better be listening to this episode. But they, uh, mm. they that is a hard deal. And I told him, like when we had the conversation, great kid, great guy, you know, but I'm awesome. a former high school boy. I get it. Um, and I said, as the gatekeeper, it's easy to keep everybody out. So once you start to open that gate a little bit, it gets a little harder. And that, that's part of the deal. You said it's there whether you like it or not. You know, that sure. Brant Hansen has a quote in his book, The Men We Need uh, a Reality is what hits you when you're wrong. So there are certain things in life that whether you admit it or address it or not, it's there. There are consequences totally. to our actions, whatever. Uh, what are some things you've learned in your own personal life as you look at this sowing principle? As you look at your your kids or your job or your marriage? Yeah, you know, one of the key uh, stories that I tell in the book is uh,
1: so my wife and I have been married for seven years. We've known each other for I guess ten, but then if you go back like twelve or thirteen years, I was looking to get married. I was I was at the point in life where I was like, okay, I think I'm I'm ready and then I, so I wrote this list of, and whether you're a list person or not, I don't know, but I wrote this list of attributes and things that I was looking for in my future wife, and if you've got younger people that listen to this, and I'm sure you do, uh, you know, but I wrote this list, and you know, I wanted a woman of integrity, I wanted a woman that was seeking after God's heart, and I wanted a woman that was, you know, that had similar values when it came to raising our children, and I wrote this list, and God spoke really clearly to my heart, and I needed it, it was a wake-up call, and he said, you know, that's a great list, and you know, but uh, the woman that's on that list is never going to date the man that you are today. And it was a pivot moment in my life. It was like, Oh man, I am in trouble here. And what that did is that set me on a trajectory, Recognized that. Okay. So I had been sewing in the wrong direction. I wasn't living my life with integrity. You know, I was going to church. I was a Christian on Sunday for a couple of hours in the morning, but the rest of my life didn't reflect it at all. And I needed to make some changes. And I started to make some really small changes. And I think that sometimes we come up against something like this, where we're like, I need to make some changes. And we think we have to make wholesale changes in our life, right? Like we have to stop everything and totally like, I mean, and you're going to, if you do that, you're probably going to fail because it's really hard. But I started to make little tiny changes. Like I looked at it. Okay. So what type of a man would this woman potentially date and then marry? And well, that type of man would probably read his Bible every day. And so I took that very mechanical step of, reading my Bible every day. What grew out of that was this incredible relationship with Jesus Christ that I didn't even know I was missing. And it, but it was, it's taking these little tiny steps that have had massive impacts down the road. The trajectory of my life has shifted because I've been able to take these little tiny steps and big ones is is in my relationship with Christ. Big ones is in in how I approach my work and my day-to-day work and the people that I work with. Um, You know, I used to be frustrated frustrated by the fact that I had to go to work, but now I feel very blessed and have the opportunity to connect with people. There's still frustrating days you're working with people, right? Um, but I feel blessed and have that opportunity to be able to feed my family. Um, and, and so it's been lots of so many different ways where it just kind of, I keep reminding myself, just, just stay consistent with the little things, just stay consistent with the little things because those grow into bigger things in the future. They open up more doors of opportunity.
0: Well, we'll say, you know, just do the next right thing. You know, you can't undo totally. all those other things, just do the next no. you know, back to the the young dating couple we just mentioned, you know, we say, okay, if, if we think you have daughters, I have daughters, if we think this, this man, this future man needs to be a, B and C, well, that daughter needs to emulate that. Like, you know, like, so as I raise my daughters, I'm raising them hopefully to be godly women deserving of a godly man. You know, I'm raising my son to be a godly man, deserving of a godly woman. I want his future father-in-law to be protective of his daughter. I, I, I want those things to happen. And so it, it, there again, it's not about us, right? It has to be about other people. And you just said, and you say in your book, if you'd have met Jason Alcott back then, radically different guy. So it's it's one totally. day at a time, right? Yeah, it wasn't a radical overnight change, but there's a big difference between who I am today and who I was
1: 15 years ago. Like they're, they're, I'm just a different person, right? I mean, but we all are, that's the kicker. So if I met you 15 years ago, I imagine that you'd be a different person than you are today, right? And and but, and but what are the small incremental changes that have brought you to that point? I'm saying you have an opportunity to be intentional about that. You have an opportunity to be intentional so that you know, 15 years down the road from now, you can be sewing into the man that you believe God is calling you to become.
0: And that's what I love about this principle. Why I've said, but many, many times, my wife said. She's had two husbands, the guy she married and me. And I'm the same person. But I'm different. It's Christ has done it. And that's the thing I want you to know. Whether you're a 16-year-old kid who's listening to this, or you know, 85-year-old guy going, Well, shoot, I'm about out of time on it. The sowing principle is again, is for those who will follow in your steps, those who are going to follow after you. Rarely do we get to reap the immediate benefits. The difference in you, Jason, probably people noticed it long before you ever noticed it, don't you think? Yeah, probably the people around you start to see the
1: changes before you do because you're living with yourself so you don't see the incremental changes and then you come across a friend you haven't seen in 15 years and they're like what's going on <laughs> I'm like well i got married and i got three kids under the age of five
0: a lot's going on <laughs> i don't even know what's going on at this point i got three kids they're all yeah uh, exactly i watch a lot of cartoons i know all the junk food's not for me nothing yeah yeah, yeah. Um, don't touch the snacks <laughs> yeah we watched a lot of doodle Bops back in the day i'll tell you um i always knew where that that clown was hiding uh, anyhow uh, you guys watch a doodle Bops know what i'm talking about how does um we're talking bigger picture. This is not about us. How how does understanding this principle, how does it improve other people's lives? We say, you know, one of the marks of maturing in your faith is realizing that other people depend on us. So if we start to understand this principle, how do other people reap the benefits of that, even in the short term? Well, when
1: you're, I want to speak specifically to the men here, when you recognize that you have a responsibility to take responsibility for your life and for the trajectory that you need to... Eventually, we need to get to the point, if you haven't already got there, recognize that life isn't happening to you. Life is happening for you. And you have the opportunity to pick up... Because life happens to all of us, right? Like you hear it and a guy says, well, this happened and this happened and this is why I was late for work and this is not this. And, 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 and. Okay, great. Awesome. So what are you going to do about it? Because you still need to put food on the table for your family. You still need to, you know... You still need to be healthy and be there for your family in the next twenty years. So, what are you going to do to make you know changes? You need to be investing for the future. You need to be sowing into your kids. So, yeah, you had a rough day, okay. So, how are you going to pick up the pieces then? Because we don't just get to lament in the rough days or the challenge or whatever it is. And and I get it. Sometimes we get we get kicked in the teeth by things that we did not see coming that are not our fault. That that I like to be really clear of. I think there's a lot of people that are like everything that comes across your path. You know you you know. It, it, sometimes it's it's possible to there's a difference between taking responsibility and and sort of blaming everything around you, and then there's fault. And there are things that happen in life that are not going to be your fault, but it is your responsibility to ha- choose how you respond. right? Like a da- a diagnosis or a health diagnosis that you didn't see coming. You don't get a say in that. And there, there may be something God, you know, I have no concept of why those things happen, but I do know that you get a res- responsibility to respond. And that response can impact the people around you so much, because if you step up and take responsibility in your life, then your wife feels so much better because she knows you're, you're taking responsibility, right? Like you're manning up to
0: say it. If, if we would just grab that, take responsibility. Some of these things will work themselves out. In the last couple of years, been a lot of stuff happening in the world. I don't know about in Canada, but in America, we're a mess. And um, stay up north, but uh, anyhow, there that the for some Christians who profess Christ, their faith has folded. I mean, they they look as 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 fearful and as everything else as people without any hope or faith but in times of crisis those who have a real faith those who have built their house on the rock Matthew 7 that's that's the people that will take a stand and say you know what the narrow road is thinning out dramatically but here one of the things I've learned to stay on that narrow road it is important to have some community how how do how do have people in your life how do they help you keep sowing in those days where you do feel like you've been kicked in the teeth where you don't feel like doing the next right thing
1: yeah, it's the thing. It's a it's I'm so I'm a natural introvert as well. I think you mentioned that that you are I'm naturally introverted. My favorite place is like reading a book alone. <laughs> um that's like my my happy spot. But having people around you, my wife is obviously the you know, the biggest one, but I also have a key group of men that I, I chat with actually on a weekly basis. We've been chatting for man, we're thinking like 15 or 20 years now. We've been doing this. I went to university with these guys, but they know me. Um, they know what I'm going through they we 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 chat once a week and we have opportunity to pray through stuff for each other or at least talk through the challenges we learn it, often I find that if if you know if one of us is going through something uh, somebody else has already gone through it uh, and can kind of provide insight and access but having people in your life that are there like my wife like you know I, I'm right now so I wrote the book and then I've been doing this sort of weekly YouTube video to keep myself creating and and pushing and learning It's I love creating the videos and Because it pushes me what they do for the people I I hear that people love them and they're encouraged, but it pushes me a lot, because it makes me keep diving in and learning and focusing. And there are weeks when that becomes really challenging because of everything else that's going on in life to, to make that time. But my wife is very encouraging. Okay, well, how are we going to make that happen? So we'll map out the week and look at the week. And she's like, well, how, how can we, help? how are we going to make that happen? When are you going to record that video? When are you going to prep for it? And she said, having people that understand what you're sewing towards and why you're doing that, that are in your corner is so crucial because you are going to come up against rough spots, uh, but, but. You know, it's not like over the last year plus of creating these videos on a weekly basis. There haven't been weeks where it's been really tough to get that done, but we found a way to make it happen. We always find a way as a, as a team, we find a way to make that happen. You need people like that around you.
0: You know, I, I try to encourage people that want to create stuff because, hey, we need more people creating. That That's fantastic. They don't 100%. realize how hard this can be sometimes. <laughs> Shooting those videos. I don't know about you. The camera didn't work. The microphone turned uh, off. The, the kid came out in the garage. The the and, lip- I burp, it could be anything. And you're like, if they only knew, if they only knew God bless you, man. Um, so let, let, let's, let's, I want to land with this. And this is a big one. This is a big one for, for the, the podcast here. You talk about discernment. I'm a firm believer in it. The Holy spirit gives us discernment. So we're looking at sewing. There's a reality that we could be sewing in the wrong areas. You know, we know. could be exerting our effort. You got three kids. Now is not the time to go climb Kilimanjaro. It might be the time to change a diaper or to help your wife or whatever. So how do we use discernment in our current season of life to know where we need to be sewing? I believe
1: it comes back to being in the word. Personally, if I'm not, you know, I look at reading my Bible as my opportunity to have a conversation with Jesus every day. Of course, I have a prayer life. um, But I personally have found that when I am reading in the Bible, that there is opportunities for him to speak into my life, either through the words of the Bible or through prayer. But I, it before I felt like I was having a one-way conversation with God because I wasn't, you know, I was praying, but I wasn't necessarily allowing him to speak into my life. And when I opened up the book and found out that he actually wants to speak to me, it's amazing how that has allowed for discernment. The other thing that I was, would, would recommend is you've got to find a way to carve out some time for quiet. I know you're big about this, um, but you've you've got like, so I get up earlier than I want to right now because that's the stage of life where I'm at because the only time that it's quiet in my house is really early in the morning. To make sure, And you know what? It doesn't have to be an hour. It could be like, if you can carve out 10 to 15 minutes, whatever it is, anybody can get up 15 minutes earlier than they do right now to carve out 15 minutes to be able to spend a couple, little bit of time in the word to, to, to just pray, to have quiet and peace. Because if you don't have that, I don't know how he can speak into you. Like if you're moving at 200 miles an hour from the moment your feet hit the floor to the moment your head hits the pillow, then there's no opportunity for anybody to speak or for God to speak into your life to give you that discernment. Is that... Uh, I hope that lines up
0: with what you would. I think it lines up with what you would say as well. We just want to give them some hope, you know, and, and, and not to make a light of it, you, you can lock yourself in the bathroom and put noise-canceling headphones on and get yourself five minutes of quiet or in your totally. car or whatever. Get to work just a few minutes or whatever you got to do. Cause like as an introvert, if I don't get that, I'm running on empty and and I'm totally. I'm not a good person to be around. I don't even like being around myself in those moments. So I don't know how people get through life without being in the word of God I, I just don't know how you could function without finding hope and peace and comfort and all those things through all the trials and all the seasons I think a major takeaway from our conversation right now is you got to get in the word man yeah absolutely yeah absolutely but hey we'd like to get them in your book too so where do we get in contact with Jason Alcott in this book and uh your social media wherever
1: yeah, no, thank you for that. the The best way to get in touch with me is through my website. It's Jason Alcott dot com, um, and then the book is available on Amazon. So that that's uh distributed through them, and then I also like if you're if you're into social media, or whatever like that. I do a little bit of that stuff, but YouTube is really where I kind of put those videos on a weekly basis. And so head over to YouTube type in Jason Alcott, you'll find those videos. I do those once a week just to uplift and encourage people. Um, I like to talk about concepts that are at the intersection of our spiritual growth and our personal growth, because I think there are things we can learn about in the personal growth field that are very applicable Mm -hmm. to our spiritual
0: growth. And I like to try and bring some of those ideas together to help us grow. Amen, I agree. Well, Jason, I thank you for taking time being on the podcast today. Uh, It's been a blessing to get to know you. I love what this book's about, and I hope a lot of guys find it awesome thanks for having me hey you guys in the herd we'll continue that conversation over there thank you men for listening to or watching the pursuit of manliness podcast if you're looking for any of the links mentioned in today's podcast episode make sure you check out the show notes you will find them there if you will leave a five star review on itunes that just continues to help get the word out about the pursuit of manliness podcast men if you are in the herd We are going to continue our conversation over there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.